Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Hey, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us. Search for Eagles on the Hill on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us there together as we together follow Jesus and draw strength from him to fly like an eagle. So this podcast today is going to be a little bit different in a couple of ways. First of all, it's going to be a little bit longer, I think, than our usual podcast will be. So just to kind of get you set for that. Also, this is uh, not a podcast that you're going to want uh, kids to be listening to. So just a little bit of a warning about that. You might have figured that out because it's entitled Pride Month, how far we've come. And um, so we're going to see how this turns out. I think uh, the beginning may, I don't know if you're going to find it humorous, funny, or if you're going to find it sad. I'm not sure. I don't know kind of what I think. So we'll have to see together what we think about this, but I'm going to play a clip for you. And it is a clip of a woman on the floor of the United States Senate speaking. And, um, this clip, you might recognize the voice. If you don't recognize the voice, I'll tell you who it is when we're done. And I will tell you, as we get into this clip that I agree with what she is saying, 110%. So let's take a listen. I believe that marriage is not just a bond, but a sacred bond between a man and a woman. I have had occasion in my life to defend marriage, to stand up for marriage, to believe in the hard work and challenge of marriage. So I take umbrage at anyone who might suggest that those of us who worry about amending the Constitution are less committed to the sanctity of marriage or to the fundamental bedrock principle that it exists between a man and a woman going back into the mists of history as one of the founding foundational institutions of history and humanity and civilization and that its primary principal role during those millennia has been the raising and socializing of children for the society into which they are to become adults. Okay. That's a mic drop moment. Do you recognize the voice? If you're listening on a podcast without the video, do you recognize it? It's Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton. And um, wow, I agree with everything she said. That was from 2003. She was senator from the great state of New York. And um, ah, it's kind of a mic drop moment. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, that was what she said on the floor of the United States Senate recorded on C-SPAN. I agree with everything she said. She's like a she's like a Bible thumping preacher right there, in terms of oh, God's gift of marriage uh, between a man and a woman, and how it's uh, been that way throughout history from the dawn of time, etc. Blah blah blah, yada yada yada. Um, I, it's just a, she's not the senator from Iowa, you know. She's the senator from New York. Check it out. How far we've come. I don't know if that's humorous or if that's really sad. I don't know if you remember, but it was only eight years ago 
that same-sex marriage was declared to be legal throughout the United States by the Supreme Court eight years ago. It seems like it's been forever. So how far we've come. This month, um, we're not talking about gay marriage this month. You know, that's not in the news in Pride Month. The uh, big thing in the news this month in Pride Month is uh, sex change surgeries, gender-affirming care, we'll call it. That's a terrible euphemism. We'll talk about that later. For minors, for children desiring to transition, hormones, puberty blockers, surgeries, that kind of thing. That's in the news. And uh, men playing on women's sports teams. That's big in the news this Pride Month. So how do we think about these things biblically and how do we live Christianly? So I don't know about you, but I have uh, friends who identify as trans. So this is a this is a personal topic, I think probably for all of us. But I want to understand what's going on here with the whole trans ideology, not only with kids, but with our culture, with regard to the whole idea of a person being trans, the whole idea of a person, um, what do we say? They're not born male or female now, right? They have a sex assigned at birth by some rando doctor there, and then they grow up and have a potentially different gender. Wow. So let's think through some of this and let's try to think through it biblically if we could and see if we can get some a handle on this. So first of all, throughout history, we have sought to conform our feelings to our biology. If We'll talk about what that means, as opposed to conforming our biology to our feelings. So um, in other words, if your feelings don't line up with who you are, who God created you to be biologically, then throughout history, we would seek uh, pastoral care, mental health counseling. We would uh, try to um, align our feelings with our biology. Today, we're being told the exact opposite, that we're being told today that we should conform our biology to match our feelings which is finally impossible to do. It's impossible. Every cell of our body is either male or female based on how God created each one of us in his image. So the whole thing is absolutely impossible. Further, uh, consider this. Let's talk about uh, hypothetical Megan. Megan, uh, we'll call her a 12-year-old girl. Megan says she feels like she's a man. And so she believes then she's transgender. Megan, our 12-year-old hypothetical girl, does not even know what women feel like, right? She doesn't know what it feels like to be her mother inside. She doesn't know what her sister feels like inside. Megan doesn't know, so she doesn't know what women feel like. Megan only knows what Megan feels like, and Megan is a woman. We know that because that's how God created her. So however Megan feels is how a woman named Megan feels. Our culture has told Megan, oh, you can feel like a man. Really? That she can know what it feels like to be a man. She can know what it feels like to be her father, what it feels like to be her brother. She can't even figure out what it feels like to be her mother or her sister, let alone any, anyone. She only knows how she feels. But she's being told by our culture that she should destroy the body God gave her in an effort to make her body as male as she can. Our culture is abusing Megan. Now, last thing, and I, I just don't understand this, but if Megan, let's suppose for a moment that Megan could feel like a man, 
I, we've already said it's not possible, but let's suppose that she could, that she knows what a man feels like and says, I feel like a man. If she feels like a man while being fully a woman, why does she have to take hormones and puberty blockers and have surgery to be more of a man? Why does she have to change her physical appearance? If her feelings determine reality, then why does she have to change her physical appearance? That makes no sense. This whole trans project is a lie. It's a deception of the highest order, and it's harming our friends. I'm right now specifically picturing a friend of mine right now who obviously will remain nameless, who is a biological male, and he identifies as a female, and I hurt for him. I'm angry at our culture for deceiving him. Satan in the scriptures is called the liar and the deceiver. This is a spiritual battle. This is not a battle against the LGBTQ community, so to speak. This is a battle against Satan. It's a spiritual battle. The scripture gives us that indication in Ephesians chapter 6. St. Paul says in Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's our friends. But it's against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Paul says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and the day of evil has come, and it's hurting our friends, our family members, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The belt of truth. We need truth here, because this whole trans project is a lie. It's a deception, and it's coming at us from all sides. I am angry at our culture for deceiving those we love. It's one thing for adults to buy into this lie. That's tragic enough. I am burdened for the people I know who identify as transgender, and I hope you are too. It's another thing when adults teach children this deception and abuse children in this way. To abuse, abuse children is evil. We are called to love children, to love them, even when it's hard to do, especially when others have been deceived to the point of harming them. To be clear, I am not judging others' hearts. I'm not saying that others intend to harm children. But the deception is so rampant in our culture that what we wind up doing is harming children horribly. So who will speak up for the little ones? As the scripture says, Lord, send me, send me. So what can we do? Well, the first thing we can do is pray. Pray, pray, pray. This is a spiritual battle. We already read from Ephesians, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil. This will only be solved by God himself. So pray, 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 pray. Second thing is, understand how far we've come. Some of you, many of you listening to this podcast were born before 2003. Many of you grew up before 2003. And it's hard for us even to remember what life was like back then. We've got to remember and we've got to teach for those enough, those who are not old enough to remember. Our kids don't remember that. Our kids in elementary school, they were born a long time after 2003. Our kids in early elementary school were born when same-sex marriage was legal in our country in every state. Our kids only remember a crazy world sexually. So we need to remember for them. Next thing we can do is be politically active. 
There was a lot going on in Nebraska in 2023 in the spring as the unicameral met, and uh, LB 574 was passed, I think, on the last day or two of the unicameral. What does LB 574 do? It does a couple things, which pulled a couple different bills together, and so we'll see if that survives court challenges. I have my doubts that it will. I think we'll be back at this again. But what LB 574 does is it instituted a 12-week abortion ban. That was one piece of it, down from 20 weeks. That's the whole topic for a different podcast. But it also put in place regulations for puberty blockers for minors and a ban on gender-altering surgeries for minors, both of which will take effect October 1st. So this is a good thing, and we need to support and encourage our politicians, our people in the unicameral, our governor, Jim Pillen, who signed the bill, support them in that, pray for them in that. Also, now what lies ahead is our chief medical officer, who's a good guy, by the way, will set rules to determine access to puberty blockers and hormones and other non-surgical treatments here in Nebraska. And that's going to be challenged in court, and I have my doubts whether it'll stand up. We'll see. But um, th- So the surgeries are out, but all these other things, medical things, blocker, humor, uh, por- ugh, puberty blockers, hormones, non-surgical treatments, um, those things our chief medical officer has to sort out. Gender-affirming care. It's Again, terrible euphemism. But here's what here's some of the things he has to face is um, we got kids already in Nebraska because of the confusion going on who are already on these kind of hormones and puberty blockers. What what happens to those kids come October 1st? Is it better medically for them to continue? You, do you just cut them off? Cold turkey? How, how does that work? What do you do that's best medically for these kids? It's not their fault. We've messed them up. Um, what do you do also? Are we ready to provide proper counseling for kids who are struggling with gender dysphoria? Are we are we ready to provide proper, here we'll use the word, properly gender-affirming care for these kids? Are we ready to help young people who are struggling with gender dysphoria alter their feelings to correspond with their biological sex and to deal with those feelings that they have? Is... We'll talk about LPS in a minute, Lincoln Public Schools, but are Lincoln Public Schools ready for that? Are our counselors and our, and our culture ready for that? Are our churches ready for that to help, to truly help and should give true, genuine, gender-affirming care to our young people? So our chief medical officer has a lot of things to sort out. He's going to need a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight, and we need to keep him in prayer because uh, this is this is going to be quite the thing to try to sort out. And then, of course, we got the courts coming up, so we'll see how that goes. Talked about LPS, Lincoln Public Schools. So let's um, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, talk about a couple of things going on in, L- in Lincoln Public Schools that you may or may not be aware of. If you have a daughter, we'll call her Addie. Uh, she's in second grade, we'll say. And Addie has a little sleepover with her girlfriends. You would have no idea whether any of those little girlfriends are actually biologically male. Did you know that? Because LPS considers that transgender second grader a private matter between that child and that child's parents. And so they would not disclose that to you. It is wrong for LPS to lead parents down this path where they are deceived into believing that a five-year-old or a seven-year-old can be a girl, but think she's a boy. LPS is not helping parents and not certainly helping the child. That's deception. And what about the parents of this little Boy's friends, our friend Addie, second grade girl. Doesn't Addie's parents have a right to know who they are inviting over their house for a sleepover? What about their rights? 
Another challenge we have, this is across the country, is kids can use whatever bathroom they wish. If a boy identifies as a girl, he's free to use the girl's restroom. I've talked with parents anecdotally who say that they're aware of this happening in their child's school. Is that treating our girls right? What about our girls? What happened to them? Are the feminists speaking up about this? Hello? I don't think so. Every day, kids are using nurses' bathrooms to avoid going into the bathroom that corresponds with their biological sex. Is that a good thing that LPS is doing? Helping these kids to think that this is all true, good, right, scientific? We're not loving our kids. The school system in Lincoln is feeding into the pain and confusing our kids. Again, I'm not imputing motives. I'm not saying they're trying to harm kids. I'm looking at results. And the results are terrible. And our Christian teachers in the public schools, God bless them, are caught in the middle of this. I've talked with some Christian teachers who are passionate about truly loving kids, who desire to help and to bless students who are struggling with gender dysphoria, but they're unable to speak out. They're unable to help students in the way that they would want, in the way that truly provides help, because LPS policies reinforce gender confusion. I want to applaud, I encourage you to applaud, Christian teachers in our public schools who are wrestling with this and urge you to support and to pray for these godly teachers. All right, next thing. We're almost uh, done the list here. Sports. 50 years of Title IX celebrated this year. Women's sports. Isn't that awesome that our girls and young women get to compete in sports against one another and use their God-given gifts and talents to the very best of their abilities? As you know from the news, if you're paying attention, we're about to erase women's sports in our country. It's terrible. It's, again, where are the feminists speaking out about this? I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of at least high school sports here in Nebraska, the NSAA in Nebraska has established guidelines for boys who want to participate in girls' sports. They have to have undergone one year of hormone therapy and so forth. You get it? Men are not banned from competing in women's sports in high school in Nebraska. They just got to go jump through some hoops. Same is true for Kansas. Same is true for Missouri. Iowa, fortunately, in 2022, enacted a law to ban biological males. Can we agree we don't have to use the word biological? Can we just say males? To ban males from competing in girls' sports. Yay, Iowa, thank you for at least doing your part to try to save female sports. The church grew in the Roman Empire because the sexual insanity in the Roman Empire got to be too much, even for the pagans. People became attracted to how Christian men behaved toward their wives, how they loved their wives, how wives loved their husbands, how they cared for their children, how they cared for the elderly. That became an attractive piece of Christianity in the Roman Empire. So if your husband today, Christian husband in particular, this podcast is for Christians, Resolve to love your wife every day a little more. People are watching and will be drawn to the sexual ethic of Christians when we live it out. And that's the challenge is to live it out. Same with women. Step up and love those who are being sold a lie. The LGBT community around you, around us, they are not the enemy. They are misled. We talked about this already a couple times in the podcast. Satan is the enemy and is using our culture to promote falsehoods, to harm our friends and neighbors 
in the LGBT community and around that community. So speak the truth in love. All right. Remember, this is uh, not a podcast that I'm putting out there to win an argument with someone. I would love for you to share this with Christians, but don't share it to argue. Share it to bless, to inform, to encourage. Because in the final analysis, God, our creator, is the creator of each and every person on planet Earth in his image. He loves us and desires to bless us. It's why he's given us the gift of sexuality to bless us, and it's why he's given us commandments around the gift of sexuality to bless us. He loves us, and he sent his son Jesus, stretches out his arms on the cross to save us sinners, to save me as a sinner who's fallen short of God's plan for me in the area of sexuality, and you who've fallen short of God's plan for you in the area of sexuality. We all have. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And God's given his own son, Jesus, to die for us. And he desires that we come to faith in him, to receive forgiveness from him, to receive the gift of new life from him. And when we pray and receive that gift of forgiveness, our land receives blessing. So uh, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Like I said, it was a little bit longer than our typical podcast, but that's what we got for you today. We want to encourage you to email us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. That's Eagles on the Hill, all one word, no spaces, dots, dashes, underscores, just all one word, Eagles on the Hill 211 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe on our YouTube channel. Hit the like button there as well if you would. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember the promise of God in Isaiah 40, that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will fly on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So have a great day in Christ.